Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist. Today, I love breathing because <laughs> I've been sick and I'm almost over it. But I read YA while I was sick. <laughs> It really made me feel better. (laughs) Sure it did. (laughs) I can really tell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you were finishing this book? Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. All right. (laughs) So what are we reading right now? This book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sort of flipping through a graphic novel that um, I think both Sarah and Patty talked about, the Laura Olympus. Oh, yeah. Book. I think you both mentioned it. I love it. I started that. It's by Rachel Smythe. And for those who haven't heard of it yet, it's a modern retelling of Persephone and Hades from Greek mythology. But that's all I'm really going to say because I feel like it's been covered. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, are you reading Do you anything? like it or uh, no? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. And I really like the um, imagery in it. Like The yeah. art is very... It's, it's pretty. <laughs> floaty, yeah, I was like, sense. Yeah, floaty. That's what I was saying. I like it. Very, but. very round. It's got like lots of round edges and like pastel pinks mm-hmm. and purples and yeah, it's pretty. But I was saying, Sarah, are you reading anything yet? I, um, or I don't know why I said yet, but are you reading anything <laughs> right now? Are you reading anything yet? Are you reading I've, yet? I've yet to read. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just finished a YA book called Monument 14, which I have to say was recommended to us by dedicated listener Liz. Hi, Liz. Thank you for the recommendation because she said you're going to love this book. It's by Emmy Laybourne, and it is a dystopian <laughs> about Thanks, things that happen at the end of the world when a uh, bus full of high schoolers and younger children end up stuck in a um, basically what amounts to a Walmart. It's got a different name in the book, but and now they're trying to survive the end of the world in this Walmart and survive teen angst and all those other things at the same time. And it is a book one of a series, and I found out, thanks, Liz, that there's, like, not only one, two, three, but, like, 1.5 and stuff like that. (laughs) But I think I might be down for reading this series. I really enjoyed it. Of course, it's right up my alley with all those kind of themes. So I think I remember Liz saying that, like, she was at Target, and it was making her think about it and being, like, afraid does it make you um, afraid now to go to Walmart or Target or no, that kind of shopping center? No, but it made me think, like, if there were... <laughs> are you planning a strategy if, was, if yes. you are? If there was I think a disaster like this, saying. maybe yeah. I should go to a Walmart or a Target because that was very convenient for them. They had a yeah. lot of stuff that they needed just right there. They just go, oh, yeah, we need a stove, you aisle know, eight. You know what you would benefit, too, because you would be able to do all that without all the extra teen angst involved right. as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just be a, Unless adult. I was trapped with teens, maybe. I don't know. No. I, I do think that's what Liz was saying. She was already planning her strategy just in case. Yeah. How what enough. aisle she was going to hit first. Mm. She's going to gather the good supplies. So, yeah, thanks, Liz. I did enjoy that one. <laughs> what about you, anybody? You've already said you were just reading Violent Delights, right? Or do you have something else? Patty. Look, as my brain just like shuts off. It's like I've never read a book before in my life. I'm like, what? I, Titles I forgot of books? who you were talking about because I was like, I didn't say that. But then I was like, oh, Patty did say that. She was like, this book. Man, we are <laughs> on it. Cooking with gas. Found on aisle seven. Maybe a Lowe's. 
If you could hit up a shopping center that had both a Lowe's and a Walmart, one of those big shopping centers. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's where you want to be. Um, no, yeah, I've, I've. <laughs> wow, what's happening over there? <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> you got to pick yes or no. No. Okay. <laughs> the word is no. I've Moving been reading, on. Been reading this book. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Very well. So that, let's let's move on to talk to about this yet. book. <laughs> Take it what, away, Patty. What Just is this going. book? <laughs> this is a book that I believe you picked out. It is. And that's why I spent my time reading this book. God. What's it called? <laughs> These Violent Delights. Who's by, it by? <laughs> by Chloe Gong. <laughs> uh, These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. This is a this was for our retelling of a classic book. And this is a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Ish ish <laughs> okay if romeo and juliet were gangsters in 1926 shanghai and they killed a lot of people and had guns and there were monsters yeah a loose retelling <laughs> and bugs Oh God, the bugs! Ooh. I will say, reading this book, I scratched my head a lot. I was like, "Oh I my God!" I told you it was gross. <sighs> I told you it was gross. I did warn you. Uh, itchy. <laughs> so let's read the description. The year is 1926, and Shanghai hums to the tune of debauchery. A blood feud between two gangs runs the streets red, numbing the city to its chaos. At the heart of it all is 18-year-old Juliet Tsai, a former flapper girl who has returned to begin her duties as the proud heir of the Scarlet Gang, a network of criminals far above the law. Their only rivals in power are the White Flowers, who have fought the Scarlets for generations. And behind every move is their heir, Roma Montagov, who was Juliet's first love until he betrayed her. But when gangsters on both sides start clawing their own throats out, the people start to whisper of a contagion, a madness, of a monster in the shadows. As the deaths stack up, Juliet and Roma must set their guns aside and work together no matter their personal grudges. For if they cannot contain this mayhem, then there will be no city left for either to rule. In the spectacular reimagining of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, debut author Chloe Gong brings readers on a heart-stopping journey of violence, passion, and star-crossed fates. So time for my favorite part, the cover talk. Cover talk. Cover talk. I like the cover. I, I do too. It's got a dagger with a dragon, gold dragon wrapped around it and some red roses and it says these violent delights. <laughs> I'm really bad at describing Selling things. It. Yeah, I know. It's pretty. I would have expected them to be poppies. Why? Oh, opium. Yeah, but I think they're roses because of the red, the red roses that. Yeah, I they know. Leave yeah, because they leave the red rose. But I was just thinking about the, the drugs and the. I do think it's interesting that there's no white. On like I would have done, I thought there'd be red and white roses because. The white flower guys left a white rose, at a significant, point in the book. <laughs> anyway. I like the cover. It looks good. It's I would pick it up just looking at it. Yeah, I agree. The cover is very pretty. It was on my to-be-read list, so it is one I can cross off. It's from one of my it boxes. Also from one of my boxes. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, I've done this. <laughs> so it gets to move off that bottom shelf. 
I didn't realize when I picked it that it was quite so long because it's, it's a 450-page book. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't, didn't look that long sitting on my shelf. <laughs> I think because it's large, it's a, kind of a wide. Like, anyway, I'm going to shut up now. So from your comments, I get the impression that maybe you didn't like this book that much. It was not my favorite. Okay. There were parts of it I liked, but I had a really hard time reading this one and like really struggled to like continuing to like read it. And I think a lot of it boils down to the whole Romeo and Juliet thing. Like, so I never fully connected with Roma and Juliet because Romeo and Juliet do not have a good end. And I don't really like to read books like that. <laughs> so the whole time I just could not get like invested into the you story. Just kept waiting for them to die because, you know, yeah. they die in the original. Yeah. So like I had that hanging over my head, I think, the whole time I was reading it. But I liked the fantastical elements. I thought that was an interesting twist. I don't, I don't know other than maybe it being the whole, I know they're going to die at the end. Which maybe they won't because, I mean, it is a retelling. The author can totally change things up. And I know, Patty, you already know because you skipped ahead to the end of the next book. I just needed to know. But. And I'm happy with the end of the book. Like, that's what I was going to say. I so maybe with the way it ends. maybe it could end up with a happily ever after or at least happy for now. Or some people are okay. maybe not dead. Let's be serious. These two people are like when you say happily ever after. No, I know. <laughs> These I know. people are so damaged. I know. Yeah. And they have damaged each other. Yes. Kind of. Violently. Yeah. yeah. And delighted in it. <laughs> Neither one of them seemed to delight in it. Um, I don't know. There are times when I think Juliet has delighted in some of the acts she does. She does seem to be having a good time. I actually like Roma like, does not. Roma doesn't like it at all, but she seems pretty, pretty down with it. I kind of like her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I really liked, um, I did have a good time with like seeing how she took the characters from the original play and, and put them in this book and figuring out who was who. Um, so, and again, just like in Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare, my favorite character is the Mercutio character. In this one, his name is Marshall. Yeah. I agree. He was the really for liked, me the only character that I felt emotionally invested in. I really did not connect with either Juliet or Roma. Huh. And that's and, another uh, thing. I found him entertaining too, and you all know what happens to his counterpart in Romeo and Juliet. So, I was waiting for that axe to fall. <laughs> <laughs> She's like it's not a happy story. <laughs> the only one who's going to live is Lawrence. <laughs> I do feel like I'm, I like the take that um, Juliet in this version is like ballsier than the original. Yeah. You yeah. know, Juliet in the original is kind of like, oh my gosh, Eek. please girl. Like. But in this one, yeah, she's definitely got herself more pulled together and uh, I don't want to say the words badass, but she, like she's, you know, tougher. She she's made of tougher stuff, let's just say. What I like about this is well one they've definitely aged them up they're not 14 that's years old true. which is nice um because that's ridiculous uh, but i think I, I i clearly am the one that liked this book the most i really enjoyed it um and i'm gonna read the second one and 
I, I just, I thought it was cool. Um, I will say I'm going to read the second one because I want to know what happens. I, and I do agree with you. I am not that connected with Juliet or Roma, but all of the secondary characters, I like Kathleen, which I thought was really interesting having a trans character in there and like her story and what she's going through was interesting. And I thought um, Benedict and Marshall and Rosalind, like I'm interested in their stories and kind of what happens to them as whereas I'm not that particularly like, I don't like Rosalind. <laughs> no, well, it's, well, it feels like she's got some secrets that may haven't come out in this book that are going to come out in the next I book. thought she was going to get infected. When she mm. sees the thing and it, like know. she gets the black, I thought she was going to get infected. And then she didn't. I kept waiting for her to like all of a sudden like fall over and start scratching his throat. And she didn't. And I was like, huh. Well, I, w- I was bummed that it was Elisa. Yeah. Although... I was like, okay. Another that. character to which I felt very little connection. I and by the time Elisa. I started to like her, she was kind of pulled out. That's what I was going to say. So I, once her character got a little more development, I was like, I kind of like her. What did you think of the like mystery? Well, I was going to say, I like the historical setting and like the kind of the mystery, like being woven into the like communist takeover type of deal. And like, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, this is not a time period or place. I was going to say, yeah. And I know a ton about, so I thought that that was really interesting. And I did think I really enjoyed the mystery part of it to me. That was, I was like, oh, I like this, that they're solving a mystery and and they're investigating this, where this deadly craziness is coming from. I do kind of think, though, you know what's going to happen with communism. So that yeah. was another thing where I was like, they're not going to be victorious. <laughs> so so there were just a bunch of things to me where I was like, this is not going to go the way I want it to go because parts of this are based like on things that have already happened. Yeah, and this is a period in history. Again, I don't I agree with you. I don't know much about it, but I'm also not particularly interested in like the development of communism and gangs. I'm not really a gang or organized crime story person. Like, you know, yeah. all, all any kind of organized crime, not just these, but yeah, organized mafia, crime is not your like thing. whatever. Any kind of those stories is just not something that ever captivated me. So those parts, I was kind of like, okay, okay, okay. I did like the monster. I did like the creepy bugs. Like those scenes I was reading and like couldn't wait to turn the page. But the rest of it, like Catherine said, I had to kind of force myself to keep going to see what happens. And I feel like the way, and I know this book got tons of hype, so I'm clearly in the minority. Most people really enjoyed this. But I feel like the way um, some of the elements of the stories were told, I found frustrating. Like when they, there's a scene where they kind of finally break in and they find this, without spoiling it, kind of a big character and they're going to get answers from this person. And this person like says one thing and then it's sort of like cut cut you and they're leaving and I'm like wait that was it you went through all of that to like talk to that person and you're gonna just take their answer and be satisfied and run off like this I don't know it just felt like I didn't like the way that that was handled or it felt like it needed more I think that was the effort to try to like keep the pace up or something I don't know or maybe that was to keep the mystery element because you can't give away everything right now. I don't know. It just frustrated me. With the pace to me, I felt like the pace of the monster 
revelations and stuff were very slow. Yes. And like that was one of my favorite parts. And I was like, we got just like teeny tiny little bits. And I'm like, that's the whole point of this story. Yes. Give me more monster. And the, and the people in the city kind of going back to acting like no big deal. No big deal. I'm like, what? This is like pandemic level supernatural happenings. I do admit. And y'all are at your dinner parties. Like (laughs) there was that. What is happening? There was a moment in the restaurant when somebody clawed, like, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Right. These people claw out their own throat and she doesn't infected with us. I will give her credit. This could have been really gory and she, and I don't like gore. Y'all know that. So I appreciate that she does a nice job of yeah. walking that line. Toes, I was going to say it toes the line. Yeah, those scenes were Gordy. really well written, and those were the ones I was most yeah. into. Yes. But anyway, moving back, I was like, there's a scene when they're in a restaurant, and a customer rips out their own throat and, like, falls down and dies in the restaurant. And people are just like, I'm just eating my ham or whatever. And I'm just like, no. Yeah. No. 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 I don't think people would be like that. I don't care how desensitized you get to something. If someone rips their own throat out in front of you, you're not going to go back and finish your dinner. I know. (laughs) And especially because it's a contagious thing. I don't know how many people realize it is contagious. Well, people are lining up to get the vaccine. That's true. I did think it was interesting reading this book post-COVID. Yeah. He's like, huh. Oh, interesting. Um, with the whole vaccine and people wanting the vaccine and not wanting the vaccine and all that. But like, and like nobody else in the city is trying to solve this, but these two teenagers. It does. What? <laughs> like, anyway. Maybe they were. We just don't get their stories. Maybe, maybe. There's like some French guy who's like trying to solve this and he's like, Mon Dieu, I cannot figure it out. I do think it was interesting, you know, some things like about, oh, all the different um, political factions and the different nations that were trying to each be in charge of Shanghai. And so maybe that disorganization between like the gangs fighting each other and the countries fighting each other and the communists fighting the nationalists and blah, 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 blah. Maybe that kind of chaos kept them from realizing that they're in danger from these supernatural things but it just feels like if a real supernatural plague was happening you'd get more attention than it seemed to get from especially if it was that bloody and gross right i do feel like that that was a little like oh okay all right but i get the impression at first at least it's mainly on the docks and it's poor dock workers and stuff. So I can totally see how like the rich people would be like, uh, well, yeah, they're not worried about, about that. that. Yeah. But, but then, but then it, it does come like in, some big party. And, and then, then yeah. I think people would start getting concerned. Yeah. Um, once it happens to them. Um, also, are we supposed to, you know, I, I'm hoping that by book two, which you'll have to report back, Patty, because I don't plan to read book two, <laughs> that they kind of leave these gang lives behind because like that was hard for me too to be sympathetic with characters who are really in a, a business that is right i'm like i'm not really know. sure if i'm cheering for the gangs because yeah. that also isn't they're great. killing people they're extorting people they're you know i'm like maybe selling drugs and am i cheering for the communists <laughs> i don't i don't know here um yeah i did think that was a little 
little difficult to like get behind. Yay, gangs. Right. <laughs> but maybe because Roma really hates it. I don't know. They'll turn away from it by book two. I am. It is interesting to read a YA book where the main protagonists just flat out kill a lot of people. Well, and that was my other issue with it, because y'all know I'm not a big enemies to lovers type of thing. And this is like, we're blowing up each other's loved ones. We're holding guns to say, each other. We're true stabbing each other in the whatever. Like, but then we want to make out a little bit. Like, I, uh, that's just not play for me. It just does not play for me. Fair. Fair. Because <laughs> so, in Romeo and Juliet, yes, they were enemies, but they weren't enemies. Their right. families hated each other. In this, they're, they kind of they have a I love-hate, a true love-hate relationship. And there is a reason they have both done things to the other and killed important people that would upset them. Yeah. And you understand why her family would be, and his family both, would be like, no, you're not dating that person. That person killed so-and-so, which I don't want to reveal, but, you know. Yeah. If somebody killed a family member of yours and then your son or daughter brings them home and is like, I'm dating this guy or girl, are you going to be like, okay, I understand. <laughs> Love trumps the murder that they did of my beloved person. It's fine. <laughs> I, okay, but that's the fantasy. All right. I will say, reading this, they do, because I'm like, why don't they just both just, why don't they just leave? But they can't leave because there's a monster. So like... They have to stay because there's a monster. Um, whereas in with Romeo and Juliet, I was always like, why don't they just leave? And then I they know. tried to leave and then they failed at that. And I was like, oh, God, fire Lawrence. Well, I think Juliet really loved Shanghai, too. Yes. And I, I'm not sure. I don't know if I got that same vibe from Roma, but I did get it from her. That she loved the city and the people in the city. And like yeah. she thought of it as her city, even though she had to spend time away from it and stuff like that. I do think it was, she's a very interesting and complex character. And I think that she's interesting to read as that sense of like, yes, I am Chinese, but I got sent away to the West. So I'm also American, but I don't fit in there either. And like, I think, I think this would be that I've, if I were... Um, Asian American, I would really like to read a book. Like, 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 I think it would be very interesting to read a book about a character that doesn't feel like she fits in any, anywhere and like has all these conflicted feelings about America and the West, but also China and her people. And yeah, it's really I I appreciate that. I think it's really cool. It's really cool to to get to read about and see this culture represented in in a in a book that like like I said this is not something I would normally read and I liked it a lot. I also have a question of um which was also Roma's question of where Juliet is stashing all these weapons in her flapper dress. I am they don't also really curious that. about that. There's like that moment at the very beginning when they ask where where is she hiding that thing and they never explain. They it. never explain it and I I don't know if y'all have seen a flapper dress but we have one in our family. Uh-huh. You are not hiding anything in that. And I mean, and it's loose enough that I think if there was a gun sewn into the lining, you would see that, especially because I'm imagining that Juliet is thin, not a person that has, I don't know. I don't know that they described her body type. They didn't. Uh, I did think it was interesting. There was one scene where 
when she's going to the masquerade and she wishes she'd brought fewer weapons because she does talk about how it like the way she's got her weapons on her pulls at her pulls at her jacket yeah something so like there was one scene that kind of dealt with it and then for the rest of the time weapons just magically appear yeah and I'm or, like, yeah, it was in a fold or, of fabric. And I'm like, other so how did it stay? Do you mean a things. pocket? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do feel like sometimes there are, and it's not just with her. It's, <laughs> my weapons are just sort of appearing here and there and everywhere. And I'm like, okay, um, everybody's got a gun. And everybody manages to duck bullets very well. It's like very major. Is it that out easy there. to duck bullets? I, I mean, don't it was know. the 20s. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Everybody ducked bullets in the twenties. Guns were slower <laughs> somehow. <laughs> no, they're all they all. Or people were politer to announce themselves. <laughs> hey, you! I'm about to shoot you. See? <laughs> it's all just the Matrix. You might want to duck. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> uh, Patty, you were not alone in liking this book. There was a lot of hype for it. A lot of like, people. Liked there was this a book. lot of hype, and there was a lot. And I, I, I fully expected to like it. Yeah, I love the cover. I was excited about that. Which is interesting because I didn't expect to like it that much because I don't like Romeo and Juliet. And it was one of those books that I like, oh, I put off reading this book. <laughs> I finished it last night and that was like really pushing to finish it because I didn't start it until like two days ago and it's 450 pages long um, because I didn't think I was going to like it. But once I picked it up and just started, I really, I liked it a lot, which I was surprised, pleasantly surprised by. I had tried to read, I think Foul Lady Fortune by her, I think is the other one. I'd, I'd started to read another book by her and I couldn't get into it. I was like, I just don't, this is not, not for me right now. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, kind of has it, but like, no, I, I really... I saw my roommate, it's the mystery in it that I liked. I really just like that element of the mystery and like solving this thing. I, like I said, I don't really care about Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna fall in love. You're probably gonna die, I, whatever. Uh -oh. So Sarah, if you didn't have to read it for the podcast, would you have marked it as did not finish on Goodreads? Yes. Sorry. I've been thinking about Goodreads because I'm, I've been trying to add some, some of my books into Goodreads. I'm trying to get back into that. I'm hit or miss with Goodreads, like adding everything in. But you've been doing it for the your books this year, right, Sarah? Um, I, I didn't start from the beginning of the year, oh, okay. but like in the last month or two, I've been trying oh, to do it. I'm just curious. What did you rate this one? Oh, I don't usually rate them. Okay. I just, I, I don't. I was just thinking like if we started doing like a, a star what would you rate it out of five? Four? I don't know. I'd feel badly about that because I understand like, for me to sit here and criticize somebody's writing is like, who do I think I am? Yeah, I used to mm. always pretty much five-star things just, mm -hmm. because, just yeah. because if I finished it. But being on like that Georgia Peach Award Committee, yeah. like I really had to think about how I was rating things and actually like try to rate them together. Well, if I rated this book a five, is this book also a five? Like, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. So for me, the rating system, at least on Goodreads, because I track all my stuff on Goodreads, and um, for me, the rating system is, I just use it for myself. Yeah. And it has to be real bad for me to give you a one or two. Oh, yeah. Like um, Ghost Tracks? <laughs> <laughs> what did you rate Ghost Tracks? I 
I don't remember. <laughs> I'm curious now. I'm, I will look that up while I continue to talk. But I just use that as like... Um, or small most, favors. Most Ooh. of my... See, I think I rated that one higher because that was one that I felt I personally didn't enjoy this book. Like this was not a book that I enjoyed, but I do think it is like a book someone would enjoy. <laughs> see, and I liked Ghost Tracks more than this, even though was Ghost Tracks written as well as this one? No. I understand that this, in a lot of ways, was better written, but for me, the story was not as interesting. Oh. I don't know. I would I would read this again before I read Ghost <laughs> Tracks. <laughs> I think we are being terrible to that I, book. I didn't hate I Ghost liked Tracks, it. though. Like, I, if you remember and go back and listen, I liked it. There's a sequel coming out, and I'm probably going to be reading it. No. So, but that's what makes me think. I'm like, I said I didn't like this one, but I also said I kind of liked Ghost Tracks. So how would I rate it? Because, yeah. like, yeah, I think I would still probably have given it a four, which is what you said you were going to give it. So I'm like, maybe I did like it better than I thought. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, it may have fallen, I mean... Only because Goodreads, you can't give partial stars, right? Yeah. Still. This one um, or Davenport's better? Oh. For me, the Davenport's. They're both debut novels, right? They are both debut novels, and they're... This is like... That's tough. Both historical fiction. I might... See, this is what I mean. Like That's why I'm like, maybe I did like it better, because I might push this one ahead, just because it had a lot more action in it. I would push this one ahead. For me, this one gets ahead because I I like the mystery. I feel like the book could have been shorter. Like like this these violent delights could have been a little shorter. Like more of that, like monstery, fantastical elements. <laughs> Less of the drawn out bits, but she found her rating. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I think And yeah. I would I read the Davenports would, before this one. I don't know that I would. Even though I like supernatural stuff, and that was the I, part in this. If the if this book was more of that, maybe this would. I had the bump same up. problem with the Davenports, though. Like I had to make myself read it. But there's a lot of talk of like politics. Like if you, meetings. if I had to be forced to read a book too between the second book and the Davenport series, and our violent ends, I would probably pick our violent ends. Opposite for me. So okay. I don't know. I sound very wishy-washy right now because I'm like, <laughs> I don't like it, but I did like it. You're like, wait, maybe I did like it. So. I liked it better than I thought, clearly. Sounds like so there's what? a lot of, like, stars between your four and your five stars. Well, there, right? there are, and there should be. Like, um, with the Georgia Peach Award, like, you rated, but like, on a point system. So, like, you could do, like, 3.25, 4.25. So, there was, like, a range between like a four mm, and a five. I see. I do feel like that there's a big range in there because like I would mark this as a four. But if you look at my Goodreads, most of things are fours. So most things are fours. If it's really amazing, it gets a five. If it's really just sort of, uh. If it's something that I have, that I want to like devour and I instantly need book two and I'm like fully yes. reading that one, that's a that's five a five. Me. Okay. And like, if it's like, eh, eh that's a three. Eh, it was fine. Three to me is like, yeah, it's fine. And then less than that is like, oh, it's not a good book. But I very rarely mark things as DNF. <laughs> so what was it? So yeah, what was? Oh, it was a one. <laughs> <laughs> no. That book, y'all, I just did not. I, that, mm, I did not like it. 
I had serious issues with the gore, but I mean, I stated that before. <laughs> People are going to be like, what? I have to go listen to this episode. What are I they would, talking about? I would have given it more than a one though, because it's one of the books that afterwards, like I kept thinking about it. Like, so it was a story that like sunk in, sunk in. And I kept <laughs> thinking about it being like, well, what if this? And like, so oh, I did not think about I it know. like that. <laughs> That's why I was like, I can't give it a one. It probably would have got a three. It would have gotten a one and a DNF but on if a, I weren't on this podcast. Oh no. <laughs> on a different point system, it probably would have been in the twos. Like I would have, I wouldn't have pushed it through for consideration for something probably. No, I read it thinking like I want to see what else but this guy I can do. I feel like that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I feel like that his writing style is going to develop mm-hmm. and like I I think he's only got up to go like, right so I feel like yeah. it, it was a good start yeah it definitely was and there were some definitely uh unique ideas but that's what not yeah. what this episode is about I know we've now, <laughs> we've now spent about five minutes or so talking about a totally different book anyway sorry Chloe Gong I like your but book clearly much I liked more. your book way better than I thought I did so there oh. you go I'm reading the author's note in the end of the last one, which is talking about the the, the climate of 1927 Shanghai. She's saying she was inspired by another book called Ghost Tracks. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about the Shanghai Massacre. Oh, wow. And the Chinese Civil War, which apparently is something that is included in book number two. Okay. I might read it. The events I portray are true. With a swap of the Green Gang for the invented Scarlet Gang. And the insertion okay. of the white flowers among the purged. But so the were t- the white flowers? I don't know. Did they exist? But the timelines have been hastened for the sake of the story. Huh. Okay, so I like that. Huh. Despite the timeline change, real students and workers were indeed fired on despite being unarmed. And there remains no... Turn the page... Confirmed source as to how many were killed in the purges or the massacre. Right. Yeah, that's apparently in book two. I'm like, now I need to go look at the author's note in book one. I read the acknowledgments, which, because it's, you know it's a first book because the acknowledgments are like five pages long. (laughs) It says, um, though there was no blood feud, Shanghai really was split among foreigners who gained control through unfair treaty terms after China's loss in the opium wars. The French had a hold of the French concession. The British, Japanese, and Americans were in the international settlement. And all the injustices that Juliet mentions are pulled right from the history books. Foreigners built parks and demanded Chinese keep out. They poured funds into the city. And though China was never formally a colony, that was precisely what was going on in Shanghai. Segment after segment being colonized. The Scarlet Gang did not exist. The Scarlets are based on the very real Green Gang, who were said to have involvement with any crime that occurred in the city. They were an unofficial governing force, and one of the major gangsters, think someone of Lord size stature, was also working as a detective in the French concession police. The white flowers did not exist either, but in this decade, the Russian population in Shanghai had grown large enough to constitute a huge portion of civilians. Shanghai was a free port, so those fleeing the Russian Civil War could easily enter the city, not needing visas or work permits. And they were treated terribly by the Western Europeans and worked the smaller jobs like garbage men or poorly paid jobs like club dancers. In my reimagining, there is a reason why the Scarlet Gang and the White Flowers are the ones on equal playing field, grappling for what was left of the city while the foreigners are aided up in the big casual gulps. 
There was no monster spreading a contagious throat tearing epidemic through what? Shanghai. That was fiction. <laughs> but there were lice. Oh, <laughs> probably. There definitely were there actual were lice spreading because it was a city. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, however, there was hunger, wage uh, depreciation, and terrible working conditions. And in real history, that was enough to incite hundreds of strikes involving thousands of workers in 1926 alone. If I had. If I had adhered to a true historical timeline and included all of them instead of just the one that unfolds at the very end of this book, there would have been a disruption in every chapter. <laughs> so for Rita Likes, as we were just talking with all the historical elements, I kind of struggled with it. But uh, historical-wise, I think people, like, read Anatomy. Okay. Mm. I was um, thinking um, Libra Bray's books... Great and Terrible Beauty. Great. No, not Great oh, and Terrible no. Beauty. The other one. The Diviners. <laughs> so I have big eyes. I'm giving Catherine big eyes. Like, come on, read oh, my mind. Right. Read my the mind. Diviners. That the did diviners take place in the same time. That's a good one. Set in the same time. It's set in the 20s. It's about um, a flapper girl. It's in America. Yeah. It's in New York, not Shanghai. But it's got a cast of care, large cast of characters. It's got, um, it's got a large cast of characters. Uh, they're diverse. It's got... Um, Flappers and um, deals with some of the politics of the age because there's there's some black and white issues and racism going on in there. It's got supernatural. Oh yeah, it's got a supernatural monster that's killing people that they have to like fight. Um, It I it I would definitely it made me think about that one a lot. It's gigantic and it's a series. It is like it, Sarah. Okay, it is very. Each book is like this bat. Very long. Worry. It's good though. Okay, I highly recommend. Yeah. So that's what that 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 would be one my that would be my way to like. Um, I have an adult one that I read a few years ago called The Night Tiger by Yangtze Chu, and it's set in 1931 in uh, British Malaya. This one is about um, Ji Lin, who is like um, a dressmaker, but also a dance hall girl. And it has also another character who's a houseboy named Ren. And there's somehow this magical finger <laughs> that <laughs> Ren is, yes, I know. Okay, a sure. Gruesome detached finger. So it's oh. got that gross element, if you like the gross, where Ren is trying to find it and Ji Lin <laughs> ends up with it. And uh, there's also like a shapeshifter element of uh, a, a mythological person that can shapeshift into a tiger, hence the night tiger. And it's got romance in it, and it was a very enjoyable read. But like I said, that is not a YA book. That is an adult book. I also found one that I have not read that's a um, retelling of Treasure Island called A Clash of Steel, a Treasure Island remix, set in 1826 in the China, South China Sea. So that has um, a Chinese girl is the main character and trying to find her father, but it's a um, in the ocean there and treasure hunting and all that stuff. So if you like retellings set in historic China, then maybe A Clash of Steel by C.B. Lee is for you. So I mentioned Anatomy, which we've talked about on this podcast and its sequel, um, but they're both by Dana Schwartz. But they have those historical elements that uh, some of them are based on, like, true events. I mean, loosely, but it's still kind of cool. But if you like the Romeo and Juliet aspect, 
Um, while I was researching read-alikes, I stumbled across a list from Simon Teen of 10 Creative Romeo and Juliet retellings. Um, and it had these violent delights listed at the very top of the list. But it also includes titles like You, Me, and the Honeybees by Amelia Dane Coombs, Knots and Crosses by Mallory Blackman, and Compulsion by Martina Boone. And I think I'm going to have to check out Compulsion uh, because it's one with a Southern Gothic twist, and it sounds interesting. Hmm. It takes place like on the South Carolina coast somewhere. I think this is hilarious because you don't seem to like Romeo and Juliet, and you're like, but I need to read all of these Romeo and Juliet retellings. Well, <laughs> I just picked one from the list, but <laughs> I think if people like it, they should check these out. But if you do want to see the full list, I'll put a link to it in the episode description. So now to the fun part. Sarah, it was your turn to pick for our next episode. Yes. and What are you doing? Well... Our episode, you may remember last year around the time school started, was called Stab You in the Back to School. So we are doing Stab You in the Back to School Part 2 again as the school year starts. And this time I have chosen the book Promise Boys by Nick Brooks. And as you may guess, it's about a murder that happens in a school setting. And this one, the principal turns up dead. And there are three boys at this school that are suspects. So hopefully... Patty, you will enjoy the mystery in this book as well. I hope so. This is one where seeing the cover, I have been wanting to read it, so I'm glad it was chosen because it's interesting and I want to know what that cover means. Yeah, I'm also curious like about it's, it. It's interesting. I'm not going to go into detail and spoil that, but save it for next it's time. It's interesting. This has been another episode of Spill It by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Sarah. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And we want you to join us next time as we spill the tea on The Promise Boys by Nick Brooks. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>